Hello, and thank you for joining us today. As always, it is such a blessing and a pleasure to be with you. Over the next two weeks, we're going to talk about a fascinating topic. We're going to be talking about demons and the devil. And ultimately, I'm going to be speaking to you about the authority you have as a child of God. When we look at the topic of the evil one, the devil, and the demons, there are many aspects that we need to take away, that we need to learn. Next week, we're going to be talking about specifically about demons, demon influence, demon oppression, and in the subject of non-Christians, how demon possession can actually happen. This week, we're going to be talking about the devil. We're going to be talking about the authority and the power that as a Christian that we have, and that we're going to talk about the battle that we're in and the significance of knowing that we're actually in a battle is a start. So if you're taking notes today, please jot down these three things. These are the three topics that we're going to talk about. Number one, we're going to talk about the evil one. Who is he? Number two, we're going to be talking about our armor. And number three, we're going to be talking about the power of advancement that God has given us against the kingdom of darkness by the power of Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start there in verse 10, and it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So what is Paul telling us here? Paul is telling us ultimately that this is, a, this is spiritual warfare. This is a spiritual battle. This is a battle between good and evil. This is not a physical battle. This is not something that is, uh, that, that is done in some country or between two countries. This is, this is a battle against Satan and the demons. I want to tell you a story. There's a story about this soldier, and this soldier was a French soldier, and he was, he was getting prepared for battle, and he was putting on all of his armor, and he was getting ready to walk out on the battlefield. And as, as he was walking out on the battlefield, he looked across the battlefield, and he saw that the Spanish, the, the Spanish forces, and he could not believe how, how small the Spanish forces were. And he thought, well, this would be an easy day. This would be, this would be a quick battle. They vastly outnumbered Spanish forces. And as they walked forward, as they advanced forward, all of a sudden, some of these French forces began to, to scream and to fall over. And as this soldier looked upon these soldiers, he noticed they had been injured, but there was no 
person standing in front of them with a sword or a pikeman or there was no cannon or, or, or anything that had been shot up to this point. And, and all of a sudden these soldiers were hurt. They were laying down. They were bleeding. Well, the story ends that the French fleet was, was decimated. They were destroyed. And the Spanish, the Spanish military had won. This is one of the very first times that gunpowder was actually used from the aspect of a, a single-shot weapon. Now, the significance of that story compared to today is this. Is as Christians, many of us know that we are in a fight. We know that there is a battle. We know that there is the devil and that there are demons. But do we know to what extent the battle is that we are in? If we are not prepared for battle, if we are not prepared for the schemes of the devil, then we can fall prey to him. Now, many of, much of the world that are non-believers... They don't even know or understand that they are actually in a fight, which is even a worse place to be. So I want to start today by saying this. It's very important that we understand and that we know the adversary, not to an obsession standpoint, but we have it, and some people have that obsession standpoint with demons and with the devil, but we have to understand the enemy that we are fighting. So today I want to talk about what God has given us to not only stand and hold firm to our ground, but how we actually advance against the kingdom of darkness. So we see here that Paul talks about the evil one. He talks about the armor to put on. We're going to talk about that in detail. And then he tells us, he gives us instructions about how we can claim victory and not only hold our ground in victory, but how we can actually advance against the kingdom of darkness. So I want to start with number one, the evil one. We know that the evil one is the adversary of God. And as far as being a Christian, that the devil is, is your adversary as well. The devil, the scripture tells us that the devil was an angel. He was in heaven. And he sinned and actually wanted to overthrow God and was able to take one-third of the angels in heaven, he was cast out of heaven. The Bible tells us that now, being an adversary of God, he is on the earth like a roaring lion looking for those that he can devour. We see here in verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We are fighting a spiritual battle. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5a, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. Then it says this, Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So what do we do here? First of all, we resist him. Satan is subtle. Paul talks about the deceitfulness of Satan. You know, I think the very first place that we can see where is the deceitfulness of Satan is in the very first few pages of the Bible. We see with Adam and Eve, the devil does not come to them with some sort of sin to say, hey, go do this horrible and terrible thing. The devil came to them and used 
a lie and used persuasion and half-truths where he says, Did God tell you truly that you will die? You will not truly die if you eat from the fruit. He says you will become like God. So the devil tempts them with becoming like God. But we must remember this, that the devil only tempts us with the things that he knows that we are susceptible to, only to the things that he believes he can actually tempt us to. So some of us may not have a a temptation to go out and murder. So therefore, the devil never even puts that thought in your mind. But if we struggle with other things, the devil knows very well what to tempt us with. Satan's greatest trick to non-Christians is trying to convince them that he's not real, that he doesn't exist. Satan tries everything to convince us in different ways. Satan has drawn this picture in people's heads that he is the ruler over hell and punishes people in hell. We must remember that Satan will be punished in hell. He does not punish hell. He does not punish people in hell. He does not rule over hell, but that he will be in hell at the end. And that Satan is not some red beast with horns with a pitchfork. But the Bible tells us that Satan comes as an angel of light. In fact, Satan does everything to deceive. We see throughout the Bible that Satan is a copycat of God. In the end times, Satan will copy God with an unholy trinity where we have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The devil has him, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. When we look at number two, so we know who the adversary is. When we look at number two and we look at our armor, Paul uses armor as a metaphor on how to stand against the devil. You see, Paul was persecuted and imprisoned many times for his faithful preaching and teaching about Christ. And I'm sure it would be very easy for Paul to look at a Roman soldier and, and, and to look at the armor, to look at the weaponry that a Roman soldier would have and to say how those things apply to the spiritual battle and how they have symbolic significance to the fight that each Christian is in. So we see there in verse 13 where Paul says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. This complete list of armor is used as an illustration to stand against that evil. So we look at number one, the belt of truth. Verse 14, it says, Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. You say, what is truth? Truth is the word of God. As Christians, there are many Christians that are being beat up because they don't understand the significance of the battle that they're in. They're like a a punching bag for the devil. When we don't know the truth, we we are susceptible to the lives of the devil. It's easy for us to be deceived when we don't know the Word of God. Knowing the Word of God is paramount in us avoiding the lives of the evil one. 
That is why we ought to feed our mind with the Word of God, because the Word of God is truth, and Satan can do nothing against the truth and against the true Word of God. Number two is the breastplate of righteousness. That second half of verse 14 says this, and have put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this breastplate that we are putting on, it is not our righteousness. Our right, we don't have righteousness. The righteousness that we're putting on is the righteousness of Christ. This is the righteousness that is imputed to us that Christ did for us on the cross. Our works are in no way a match for the attack of Satan. And when we try to stand in our own righteousness, it is like having a piece of armor on that doesn't quite fit perfectly or, or we don't have it strapped on quite right. And when we don't have armor strapped on quite right, when we don't have the full righteousness of Christ in our life, in that faith that we believe in, then we have a kink in our armor. And as in any battle, when one warrior sees against another warrior that there's a kink in an armor, that is the first place they will go to attack. So when we can't stand on the righteousness of Christ, that we are made right with God because of Christ, when we don't stand on that and stand firm, we can leave ourselves susceptible to the onslaught of the evil one. Number three is the shoes of the gospel of peace. There in verse 15 it says, And as the shoes of your, for your feet have put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. This word of readiness implies that we are constantly on guard, that we are vigilant. A soldier has to be ready to, to stand their ground. They have to have a strategy to stand their ground. They have to be confident. They have to have their feet firmly planted. In fact, soldiers in Roman times would hammer nails through the, bottom of their, through the bottom of their sandals, through the bottom of their shoes, so that it almost provided almost like, a, like cleats, so that they could stand their ground. But not only so they could stand their ground. These cleats were not just made to stand their ground. They were also made so that they could advance, so that they could move forward. Sure footing is a very important thing, because if we don't have sure footing, just like any, if we don't have a, a good basis to stand on the, the, the gospel, if we're not standing firm on the gospel and we are unsteady on the go- of the gospel, then this leaves us off balance. And as we know with any warrior, with any soldier, any soldier that is out of balance is ineffective. God expects us to be on the offense and to take the gospel of peace to others. That is why it is not a piece of armor. It is, it, it, it is the shoes of the readiness of the gospel so that it can be delivered, so that it can be moved, so that it can be moved against the forces of darkness, so that it can stand its ground, but so that it can spread as well. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Sharing our faith is one of the best ways that we can maintain that sheer footing. God knows that. When we're actively speaking about Him to others, it keeps us away from Satan. It keeps us out of Satan's territory. When we are advancing against the kingdom, when we are advancing the kingdom against the forces of darkness, we will feel resistance. 
This is where we can feel Satan attack us. But when we stand firm in the, tr- in the truth, this is where we can advance the gospel. Number four is the shield of faith. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Faith. Faith is the greatest gift. It is the greatest gift because it is free and it is not about what we do. It is about what Christ has done for us. The things that Satan uses in our lives and attempts to use to discourage us can actually be tools in the hands of God to move forward. When we talk about faith, Hebrews 11.1 says this, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, the Bible says. Satan's attacks can sometimes cause us to doubt God. When our faith is strong, when we are, when we are, when we are steady and we are strong in our faith, Satan cannot stand against us. Without faith, we are subject to all of those flaming darts of the evil one. This is where the devil tries to lie to us, to make us question whether God really loves us, if he is for us. He tries to instill fear. But this is where we use the shield of faith so that we can extinguish those darts. We have a promise. Everyone that is born of God can overcome the world. Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Our faith is our protective shield between us and the ways of the evil one. When we believe in God and take his word for truth, the lies of the evil one lose their power. We must stand on our faith, especially in the face of adversity. The helmet of salvation. Verse 17, it says, Take up the helmet of salvation. Just as any soldier knows, the most important piece of armor is the helmet. This is being steadfast in our salvation. This is our assurance that our salvation is an impenetrable defense against anything that the evil one might try to do against us or throw against us. As Christians, we are not to be of this world. Romans 12:2 says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God." what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we put on the helmet of salvation, we can avoid these sinful thoughts and understand what is good and what is true. This is being a constant reminder of what Christ has done for us. So we have looked at the armor. And as we have looked at the armor, most of the armor is used as defense. God gives us one other thing. And this is the thing that most Christians don't use. Most Christians stand there and try to stand their ground. You know, when I was a Christian for a long time, I took this viewpoint that it was just my 
my God-given right just to stand my ground, just to endure, just to survive, to hold my shield of faith and to have on my armor and just to take it. But that's not the truth. As the Bible says, the truth shall set us free. God gives us the sword of the Spirit. And there are two ways to advance against the kingdom of darkness. We see here in the second half of verse 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We take out the sword of the Spirit. The sword can be an awesome defensive weapon, but it can also be a mighty offensive weapon. You know, Roman soldiers even had, they had a two-edged sword. These were, uh, this is so that they could use for cutting in both ways. The purpose of the sword of the Spirit in the Bible is to make us strong. Not only strong enough to be able to withstand the evil onslaught of Satan, but also to advance, to move forward. While God's word can protect us from the evil, from the lies of the evil one, it can also be used as a counterattack. This counterattack is the word. You must remember that when Jesus was actually tempted by the devil, what did Jesus do? Every time the devil spoke to Jesus, Jesus quoted scripture back to the devil. He used the word of God as the sword of the spirit. The second part to that is prayer. Prayer is a mighty offensive weapon. None of this is in our own power. All of this is done by the power of God. But by prayer, but through prayer, through the power of the Holy Spirit, mighty things can happen. It's important as Christians that we are prayerful, that we have a deep and committed prayerful life, that we seek God, in word, and we see God in prayer. The battle is won and lost in prayer. We stand firm on the word. We stand firm on scripture and what scripture gives us. And we go to God in prayer. We must remember that each one of us is the son or daughter of a king whose kingdom will never end. You are a prince or a princess. You are worth it. God is for you. We must take out our sword. We must advance against the kingdom of darkness. There is no better time than today. When we look at the world and we look at the lawlessness, when we look at the evil in the world, it is the time, this is the time that every Christian should stand up. This is the time that every Christian should stand up for the Word. This is a time that every Christian should use the Word. This is a time that every Christian should be in prayer worldwide. We have been given a glimpse. We have been given a glimpse with this pandemic that is out there today. We've been given a glimpse of things that will come. 
And this is our job as Christians to stand firm in our faith, to stand firm in our beliefs, and to advance against the kingdom of darkness. We must remember that we are in a war. We have to know the adversary. We have to understand and know that we are in a war. We are in a war for souls. We are in a war for the spirit of every human being that is alive. It is our job as Christians to advance the kingdom. It is our job to share the gospel. It is our job. It is our God-given right to live in victory. So if you're out there today and you say, man, I, I need more faith. I need to stand more firmly in my salvation. I need to share the gospel. I need to, I'm being attacked by the devil and I need to use the power of, uh, of prayer and the power that is given to me through the word to advance against the kingdom of darkness. That's you today. If any of that spoke to you, I want to pray for you today. Please join me. Father, I pray for all of us. Today as Christians in this world, in this world that that needs more of you. Lord, we thank you for entrusting us to spread the gospel, to spread your word, to live in victory. Lord, I pray that for every person today that acknowledges that they need more faith, that they need more confidence in your promises, that they need more belief that the Holy Spirit will move. Lord, I pray that you would give us that. You would give us that increased measure of faith. You would give us that that knowledge, that yearning to know you deeper. That you would uncover and remove veils from our eyes that we can see the the spiritual warfare that is going on around us. Lord, I pray that you would be with us, that you would strengthen us. That you would move us and give us that divine wisdom that we all need and that we all humbly seek. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Now, for many of us, there might be somebody out there today that says, well, I don't know God and I don't know Christ, but as as I was listening to this, I'm getting beat up in my life. I don't have victory in my life in my life. And this isn't necessarily when we say victory in your life, we don't mean all these other things that might be said that God's going to give you a perfect life victory. Victory in life is victory for eternity. That is the victory in life. God is for us. God will walk with us. But when you are signing up from battle, you must remember that you are in a battle. Whether you like it or not, you are in a battle. The Word of God gives us divine direction of how to deal with this. You see, Jesus died on the cross because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of our sin, our sin separates us from a perfect and holy God. 
But what no man was able to do, Jesus did by coming and living a sinless life, dying on the cross and raising from the dead, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have that eternal life. The Bible tells us that if we repent of our sins and we believe in Jesus, that we believe who he said he was, if we believe that and we repent of our sins, we are saved. And if that is you today and you say, yes, I want to experience God, please repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner and I am desperately in need of a Savior. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Please come into my life and make me new. And thank you for letting me spend eternity in heaven with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you said that prayer today, please send us a message so that we can rejoice and we can celebrate with you. As always, please like, share, comment, subscribe to all of our forms of social media, and please share this content so that it can reach more people for Christ. God bless you.